more, he had said. Secular and religious education had held in check the passions. He had burned several times to enlist. He had read of marches, sieges, conflicts, and he had longed to see it all. His busy mind had drawn for him large pictures, extravagant in color, lurid with breathless deeds. But his mother had discouraged him. She could calmly seat herself, and with no apparent difficulty give him many hundreds of reasons why he was of vastly more importance on the farm than on the field of battle. At last, however, he had made firm rebellion against this yellow light thrown upon the color of his ambitions. Almost every day the newspapers printed accounts of a decisive victory. One night, as he lay in bed, the winds had carried to him the clangoring of the church bell as some enthusiast jerked the rope frantically to tell the twisted news of a great battle. Later, he had gone down to his mother's room and had spoken thus. Ma, I'm going to enlist. Henry, don't you be a fool, his mother had replied. She had then covered her face with the quilt. Nevertheless, next morning he had gone to a considerable town that was near his mother's farm and had enlisted in a company that was forming there. Ma, I've enlisted, he said to her diffidently. There was a short silence. The Lord's will be done, Henry, she had finally replied. When he had stood in the doorway with his soldier's clothes on, he had seen two tears leaving their hot trails on his mother's cheeks. Still, she had disappointed him. He had privately primed himself for a beautiful scene. He had prepared certain sentences, but her words destroyed his plans. She had doggedly peeled potatoes and addressed him as follows. You watch out, Henry, and take good care of yourself in this here fighting business. Don't go a-thinking you can lick the whole rebel army out the start, because you can't. I know how you are, Henry. I've knit you eight pairs of socks, Henry, and I've put in all your best shirts, because I want my boy to be just as warm and comfortable as any in the army. And always be careful, and choose your company. There's lots of bad men in the army, Henry. Keep clear of them folks, Henry. I don't want you ever to do anything, Henry, that you'd be ashamed to let me know about. If you keep that in your mind always, I guess you'll come out all right. You must always remember your father, too, child, and remember he never drunk a drop of liquor in his life and seldom swore a cross oath. I don't know what else to tell you, Henry, excepting that you must never do no shirking, child, on my account. Don't forget to send your socks to me the minute they get holes in them, and here's a little Bible I want you to take along with you, Henry. Many a time you'll forget you got it, I don't doubt. But there'll be many a time, too, Henry, when you'll be wanting advice, boy. Then, if you take it out, boy, you'll find wisdom in it. Don't forget about the socks and the shirts, child, and I've put a cup of blackberry jam with your bundle, because I know you like it above all things. Goodbye, Henry. Watch out. And be a good boy. He had, of course, been impatient under the ordeal of this speech. He departed, feeling vague relief. Still, when he had looked back, he had seen his mother kneeling. Her brown face was stained with tears, and her spare form was quivering. He bowed his head and went on. From his home, he had gone to the seminary to bid adieu to many schoolmates. They had thronged about him with wonder and admiration. 
A certain light-haired girl had made vivacious fun at his martial spirit, but there was another and darker girl whom he had gazed at steadfastly, and he thought she grew demure and sad at sight of his blue and brass. On the way to Washington, his spirit had soared. The regiment was fed and caressed at station after station until the youth had believed that he must be a hero. He had felt growing within him the strength to do mighty deeds of arms. After complicated journeyings with many pauses, there had come months of monotonous life in a camp. Since his regiment had come to the field, the army had done little but sit still and try to keep warm. He was brought then gradually back to his old ideas. Greek-like struggles would be no more. Men were better, or more timid. Secular and religious education had effaced the throat-grappling instinct. He had grown to regard himself merely as a part of a vast blue demonstration.